In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! On today's show, wrapping up 2021 by looking ahead to 2022. If you'd like to retire in the new year, we've got three things to consider first. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And good morning, everybody, and welcome in to the next to last Get Ready for the Future show of 2021. As this airs on radio, it is Christmas Day. And nothing says Christmas Day than turning on the Get Ready for the Future show while you're opening gifts. We hope you're doing that, right? Absolutely. I, I know you will mm-hmm. be doing that. Absolutely. Yep, yep. We're recording this, of course, ahead of Christmas because we're spending it with our families today, right. too. But as we work towards a new year, today's show is all about that. Three things to consider if you're retiring in 2022. But I want to start today by talking about some changes that we've got down the pike since we have Teresa on the show, very appropriate yes. to, to bring this up. But beginning in 2022, the Get Ready for the Future show is turning into, morphing into, we'll say, because it's still going to exist. The Get right. Ready for the Future show is going to be a component of Gen Wealth Radio. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of the evolution of what we've been doing all this time uh, here at Gen Wealth. And one of the things that, you know, as we got started, we got started on terrestrial radio uh, for a full hour. And it was me and Janet, and it was uh, quite interesting to try to fill a full hour uh, of content back in the day mm-hmm. when uh, we weren't quite as big of an operation as we are right now. And so uh, that has rocked on. And then, of course, we made the move to go on to Facebook Live and YouTube uh, a couple of years ago and uh, scott has helped us a lot with that and now our radio component is going to morph into gen wealth radio and it's going to be uh, kind of a, a broadening if you will of the content we're going to still focus on retirement investments and your money on the get ready for the future show we're going to shorten the show to 35 minutes and then we're going to bring in mark and Teresa from our team uh, who have a podcast right now mm-hmm. called talking sense and you guys have been uh, working on that podcast and use uh, and actually doing that podcast for what about six months now or so it's been right at that and we've had i think some really good topics that aren't necessarily all retirement focused right but they're just finance focused so if you're not necessarily retiring next year and you're just trying to build your financial knowledge, this is a great tool for you to be able to educate yourself on different topics. We've covered everything from inflation to credit card debt to retirement savings, just all of those in one show. So I think it's going to be a really good complement to the Get Ready for the Future show each week. Absolutely. And it really does highlight what we do here at GenWealth because we really have three sections of the economy, if you will, mm-hmm. that we focus on. Our, our bread and butter is obviously our ready-to-retire clients. Those clients that are at the precipice of retirement are already in retirement. That is what we've done for years and years here at GenWealth. But we also know that, Scott, there are folks that need help and, and education and direction and guidance and planning who are accumulating assets and even those that are trying to figure out what's up with money uh, we have those lines of business if you will here at gen wealth and we're just expanding our presence on the radio to include those folks and don't forget about the fastest four minutes in finance that's, that's yes, right that's, that's also going to be returning to radio you know yes. that that was a radio only segment for a long long time on the get ready for the future show because of some formatting changes uh, and and we made some changes in the radio affiliates that we had. Right. We took it off the radio for a brief amount of time, but it has still existed in video form that has been emailed to our clients on a weekly basis. Well, now we're going to return that segment to Gen Wealth Radio as well. So you're going to get the Get Ready for the Future show, you're going to get the Talking Sense podcast, and you're going to get the fastest four minutes in finance. I want to say all for one low, low price. And it's pretty low <laughs> yes, because it's nothing. It's, it's absolutely free. Well, and what I love about that format is you're going to get 35 minutes in a row of yes. the Get Ready for the Future show. So if you're like me, where commercials are the bane of your existence, you can kind of just like get it all in on your way to Home Depot or whatever you're doing Saturday morning. And then, you know, you're not having to wait on those commercials. So I think that's going to be really cool, too. Yeah. yeah and and uh, also uh, not xing the commercials or anything, but it's just going to 
going to be a tighter show. It's going to mm-hmm. be a, a faster paced show, more content in a, in a shorter amount of time. And you'll be able to actually digest the show on podcast. If you did miss it on radio, you'll get it on podcast mm-hmm. and it won't take up a full hour to get all the content. All right. So that starts in January. So today is three things to consider if you're retiring in 2022. We're going to tell you about those three things. And I do want to tell you, too, in the next segment, We'll have Ryan Dietrich on the show. Uh, He, of course, is the chief market strategist with LPL Financial, and he joins us about once a month uh, to talk about the market. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. Number one on our list of three things to consider if you're retiring in 2022, are you prepared for inflation? And that is a buzzword that many people in our client meeting rooms have been talking about all year long. If you follow any financial news, you know that inflation's running hot right now, right? Mm -hmm. Historically, it's running hot. We're just shy of 6%, right? If you check Mm -hmm. these year over years or even month over month numbers, they're very high and they don't tend to be going anywhere anytime soon as far as going down. So I think it has brought it that presence of mind back to people where maybe we had forgotten about it for a while, John, because it had been running pretty cool at about 2% before that. And it really does highlight, I think, if you've seen the difference, if you've felt the difference, if you haven't retired yet, and you've felt the difference going out to eat, going mm-hmm. to buy things for your home, things are going up and you feel it. Now think about transitioning into retirement in 2022. It should be top of mind of of the fact that inflation is going to erode your buying power. Scott, inflation is something that uh, is not new to the general wealth ready to retire process. We have been building inflation adjustments into our clients' income strategy for quite some time. So we weren't thrown off to any great degree about, uh, you know, hey, inflation is real now and, and all of that. What is really a little bit concerning is the the uh, ferocity of yes. of the inflation. You know, six percent from something that was as benign as one or two percent for the last I don't know twenty years or so. Mm-hmm. That gets your attention, and and it has our clients' attention. They're coming in asking for it. The good news is is that we've been doing this for a while, and we we understand the dynamics of inflation. We understand what drives inflation, and we also understand how to invest in things that actually benefit from inflation. And so inflation is one of those things that that you can get rocked by it if you're mm-hmm. not ready. And I think also a lot of people may not realize that what, you know, that 6% that people are talking about, that's the general inflation rate, but that's not necessarily how you're being affected personally when you go to the grocery store because right. a lot of the things you need day to day are not included in that number. And on the flip side of that, historically when people were trying to invest for retirement, they would utilize fixed income or bonds, things like that. Well, interest rates are at all-time lows. So there's not a way to overcome that if that's all you're investing in. Scott, I think if you are are looking at, let's say, at the, at the proverbial forest of things that you've got to walk through in retirement, the forest just got a little bit more dangerous mm-hmm. with not only inflation, but with uh, exactly what Teresa was talking about. And that's this flip of the bond market and mm-hmm. the fact that fixed income investments are returning next to nothing, if that. Right. And so those are things that that you really got to consider when you think about this whole inflation gambit. Yeah. And I think when you walk into retirement, it's important to remember that the outcome you're looking for is income. So Mm -hmm. the income starts at a certain point, but it's got to be able to be adjusted upward over time. I think a lot of people come into our appointment meeting rooms and they don't really think about their retirement being a long term time frame right, right. They, they or if they do they think about retirement as the end point right because they're thinking about it in the mentality of my work life i've worked 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 up to this date this is the finish line but retirement when it comes to the income part of your plan that's just the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is. And you've got to, to have that inflation-adjusted income or you're going to fall behind. Think about this. If you were uh, making the same amount of money today that you were making 20 years ago, where would you be? Right. Yeah. Well, think about that in terms of, of retirement. You can't mm-hmm. get locked in on something that does not have the ability to increase your income. Mm-hmm. That's where that outcome thing is, is so important. I was having an opportunity to coach one of our teammates uh, on an issue in terms to GenWealth the other day, 
and they were talking to me about look we've already we've done everything right here we've done this and this and this and this and this and it's still not working and i said well what the problem is is that you're focusing on getting all these little items right and not looking at the outcome that you're looking mm-hmm. for and that's what happens with a lot of people in their portfolios they focus on all these things that are within the box of what they think they're supposed to be focusing on like fees and rate of return and all those types of things when you have to look at what is the outcome what is the actual result that you're getting from your investment strategies and what have you? The mm-hmm. result that we shoot for, Teresa, on uh, when we are working with a ready-to-retire client is that regular, predictable, dependable, inflation-adjusted income that will last them the rest of their life. Yes, and you've got to think. You've got to take your blinders off. We've we've seen a lot of times where someone comes in with what they think is a plan, and it's focused on this piece or it's focused on that piece. What we do is we put all the puzzle pieces together. We talk about Medicare expenses. We talk about health insurance. We talk about life insurance. We talk about your income need and what you'd like to have and all of those play into that and if your plan's not thinking of all those pieces then you can get blindsided by something as simple as your medicare premiums increasing yeah and and obviously that's going to happen and scott what we haven't talked about is is social security and everybody has heard that social security is giving an increase and that's good Mm -hmm. but what's the net effect of it are are medicare premiums going up and and what's the impact of that and is the social security increase going to be sufficient enough to cover real inflation yeah the transition's statement there is is those inflation adjusted raises are going to have to be taken by your investment assets the assets mm-hmm. you have invested are going to have to provide that because social security is not going to keep up and it can be easy to be lured into thinking it will 70 million americans are going to get a 5.9 percent increase in 2022 right so it's keeping up in your mind you're thinking okay but think about how it is calculated benefits are only increased if the average CPI for the third quarter of the current year exceeds the average CPI for the third quarter of the previous year. Now, obviously, the third quarter say, of You're going to need year. to translate that for yeah, people so probably. CPI, <laughs> let, let, me take a, let me take a crack at that. Okay. If the wind is blowing from the east on Tuesday at 4 o'clock in the <laughs> yes. afternoon okay. and the sun is not occluded totally by the clouds, then we might give you an inflation increase. I mean, we work yes. in this field, and as you were saying that, I was going... What? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But Convoluted. It, it, right. So the CPI, first of all, that that's the consumer price index, mm-hmm. which right. is a basket of goods right. that is measured. So it's not as to it's your point. It's how they measure inflation. Right. To your point, Teresa, it doesn't include everything. Yes. And it doesn't include a lot of senior expenses. And we'll mm-hmm. get to that. But it is a year over year measure of inflation. And if that went up, which it did in the third quarter of 2021, then the next year, Social Security recipients get a raise by that amount. But keep in mind, after they get those big ones, look at history. Uh, Back in 2009, Social Security benefits increased by a whopping 5.8%, but it was 2012 before they got another raise at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, and a so, lot happened in the middle there. Exactly. So raises were not coming down the pike at all for a long while. So there's no guarantee that Social Security is going to get a raise at all. And if it does, even in the day of 2022 when it's 5.9%, as we mentioned, it doesn't include a lot of senior expenses. According mm-hmm. to a study by the Senior Citizens League, over the past 21 years, Social Security benefits have increased 55%, but the typical senior expenses grew by 101.7%. Yeah, let's dig into that for just a little bit. And those increases included things like prescription drugs. Anybody been to the drugstore lately? Yep, mm-hmm. it's uh, those grew by 272%. Medicare premiums were up 226%. That's the point I was making earlier. Yeah, we're going to get an increase with Social Security, but how soon does that increase get gobbled up mm-hmm. by increased in Medicare premiums? And so that historically has been one of those things that has just blown through the inflation uh, but even things like a 10 pound bag of potatoes is up 134 percent during that same time period so yes they try to keep up as best they can with the social security increases but what we're seeing literally is inflation blowing completely past any ability of the government to keep pace with it and what broke my heart in this is that they also said 40 percent of seniors that were surveyed Social Security is their only income. They don't have any other income to supplement it. Yeah. So again, to our point earlier, your investment assets are going to have to deliver those inflation-adjusted raises 
over time in retirement. Inflation, the first thing to consider if you're retiring in 2022. We're going to take a break and coming up, Ryan Dietrich joins us. He's the chief market strategist at LPL Financial to talk about the markets and the economy. And even though we only have three things to consider, this could be a fourth. Are your Mm -hmm. investments positioned right for retirement? We'll talk about that when the Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. The Christmas edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, Teresa Arago talking about three things to consider if you're retiring in 2022. And one of those might be, this is, an, this is a bonus because it's not one of our three. We're going to make it 3A or mm-hmm. 3B if, if you're uh, slow inclined. Are your investments position for retirement. So we're going to talk in this segment with Ryan Dietrich. He joins us, the chief market strategist at LPL Financial. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, guys. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, Appreciate well, it. We can see if you're watching on the video side that you've made it uh, down for your Christmas lodging for the uh, for the holiday season. Yeah, I'm stashed away in a small room at my in-laws' house. But you know what? The internet works. I'm talking to you guys. I'll just try to stay out of trouble. <laughs> it's all, all good. And, and, and if you're like most of us, you need a break from the in-laws every once in a while. So we're, <laughs> we're careful, glad to careful. He's not going to say that during our interview. That's not happening. The odds are they're not listening to this. We feel fairly safe. We can say whatever we want. This is amongst friends, right? That's yes, right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Well, let's dive in. We just spent our our first thing to consider if you're retiring in 2022 is inflation. We just spent a whole segment talking about it. It's certainly one thing that has been on our client's mind. It's had our client's attention. Where are we right now? As we as we still see these numbers continuing year over year, every time they come out to be running really hot, these higher prices. What are your expectations for inflation into twenty twenty two? Yeah, Scott. I mean, just I think it was just uh, recently General Mills, right? They make a lot of cereal, the Pillsbury Doughboy. They said they're increasing prices. I mean, this is what we're seeing across the board because the inputs, that stuff that goes into making things, keep costing more. Mm-hmm. So. Inflation is still here. It's likely not transitory, right? The Fed has retired the word transitory, but this year, 2021, we're looking at maybe five, five and a half percent inflation. Next year, 2022, at LPL Research, we do think inflation comes back down maybe three percent, three and a half percent or so. Then, likely two years from now, we probably are back to about two to two and a half percent, the long term trend in inflation. But the catch being, this is a painful process, right? You take a $20 mm-hmm. trillion dollar economy, totally stop it then start it back up. These are the growing pains, and unfortunately, kind of more growing pains than we expected, honestly, this time six months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So inflation is there, but here's the catch. We're talking about investments, right? This matters when it it hits your pocketbook, no doubt about it. But the thing about companies, I just mentioned, you know, with with, um, General Mills, companies can increase their prices. One of the best ways for investors to beat inflation, I know this might sound cliche, but it's through companies, right? They get up prices, so they can withstand higher prices. If the economy's strong, like we still think it is, we don't see a recession next year, you're gonna pay a little bit more at the pump here or in various places, but your investments hopefully do well again because corporate America can withstand higher inflation by just charging a little bit more is the uh, sad truth. Mm-hmm. So, Ryan, I, I see inflation as almost this, this two-edged sword. One is that obviously it hits your pocketbook, but then there's the factor of how inflation uh, has this ripple effect through the economy. And let's use lumber as an example. We saw lumber prices skyrocket during uh, the outset of the pandemic. And, you know, they just they were through the roof and then they came back down. But now they're going back up and are challenging some of those levels that we saw during the pandemic. And and I'm wondering what kind of ripple effect that has on the economy, particularly the housing market, but then all of the other ancillary things that are attached to building a new house. There, there, there is just tentacles everywhere there. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it wasn't like a, a lumber just came back down, John. I think it corrected like 75%, right, after a several hundred percent rally. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, now we all look up and lumber's back where it was. It's similar to the conversation that we just had. The, the truth is, you know, houses are going to cost a little bit more, right? Those inputs are costing more. We do have one and a half trillion dollars worth of savings um, in money markets and savings accounts at the U.S. consumer. So, yeah, you're going to, have to pay a little bit more. Um, it is extremely volatile. We are still optimistic because these supply chain issues work their way through the system. We see we see a lot of these supply chain things likely peaking in the first quarter of next year. So this time next year, lumber likely is, is much lower than where it is right now. But hey. 
you know, anything is possible as we as we've seen when we saw oil go to negative thirty eight dollars a barrel. But nonetheless, you know, we still think it's it's the consumers in good shape. They can they can help pay for it. But what's it mean for housing stocks, right? In general, I mean, the truth is again, housing stocks they can do what I talked about in the first question. They can increase prices a little bit more, and that likely doesn't hurt them. And you see uh, home demand, uh, housing starts are still strong. Uh, new home sales, existing home sales, uh, some of the re the builder numbers we've seen. What's the biggest thing you can buy? Probably a house, right? Mm -hmm. And the consumer is still really strong, really healthy. Just a you know, just recently, consumer confidence came in way better than expected in December. We know Omicron and all the concerns that are out there, not ignoring them. But again, the consumer is still strong, so they're just going to pay a little bit more. But we still see these supply chain issues working way through the system. And lumber likely should be lower, much lower probably this time in a year from now. And that's what the optimism is um, when you look at the stock market darn near flirting with all-time highs as we speak. We're going to shift a little bit here because we've heard a lot of buzz about the Federal Reserve and interest rates this year. And they met last week and they clearly indicated that they intend to step on the brakes with their bond buying program sooner rather than later. Do you think that action by the Fed is an indication that a hike in interest rates is also coming sooner rather than later? Yeah, well, Teresa, first off, nice to meet you. I don't think we've ever spoken before. <laughs> we have, but I think the last few times we weren't on camera. <laughs> yeah, not on radio or camera. Okay, that's yeah. what it was then. Okay, so, okay, well, nice to physically uh, see you there. But, but yes, I mean, it is widely priced in now for three rate hikes next year, 2022. Mm -hmm. You go out three years, guy. Guys, we're looking at maybe eight to nine hikes, all right? Oh, wow. um, but at LPL Research, we think it's a little soon, right? The, 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 I don't want to too geeky with this conversation, but we hear about the Fed tapering, meaning they're going to stop buying as many bonds as they've been buying every month. And, and that's going to maybe end in the first quarter next year. That mm -hmm. opens the door for a potential rate hike maybe as soon as, as uh, May of next year. We think that's a little soon when you look at kind of just the economic recovery still kind of finding fits and starts, um, you know, the inflation things we talked about. Uh, but the truth is, we think maybe the first rate hike will be September, the second half of next year. And LPL Research has kind of been the, there'll be two hikes next year, not quite three. We've seen this before, right? It's with uh, Lucy and the football. Charlie Brown thinks it's there. She pulls it back. We've seen this before where they said there's going to be all these rate hikes and they kind of pull things back. So we still think the Fed, the truth is the economy is moving along. The employment picture is nearing full employment. That's what the Fed has said the whole time. We want full employment before we start to tackle inflation. Now, Jerome Powell, and by the way, Jerome Powell's got another four years, right? So now he's in the driver's seat for a while. He might start to tackle inflation a little bit sooner, and that will mean higher rate hikes. But again, we're not saying three next year. We think it's more like two. So we're going to keep watching that one, though. Great question. Thank you. Ryan Dietrich is our guest. He's the chief market strategist at LPL Financial on the Get Ready for the Future show. And Ryan, when you talk about that picture, I'm not sure with what you just told us that it's really more clear or less clear on the rate hikes because it is a fluid situation. There's mm -hmm. no question about yeah. it. But, but when you think about how markets might react, you know, when I hear rate hikes and markets, I recently, I think, 2018, right? The last quarter of 2018, rates go up. Market kind of had a, a hissy fit over that, right? So I have markets, they've had time to digest all this. And they, I'm, I'm sure that when we talk about it being a forward-looking mechanism, you know, a lot of this is starting to get baked in. Have they already reacted? Or what do you think, how the market is going to react to to potential rate hikes? You know, it's very difficult to make predictions, especially about the future. You know? so <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. That's one way to look at this. But yes, you know, a couple of weeks, what was that? I just said, yes, you're right. I, that's exactly correct. Yeah, that's a great, great quote there. But anyway, so let's get to it. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Jerome Powell in front of Congress opened the door for this. We had all that volatility in the middle part of December. We think a lot of this is absolutely priced in. Um, you know, it being potentially higher rates coming, it's the stubbornly higher inflation, but again, likely letting the air out of the ball a little bit here. Um, but, but, you know, what, what do we also know about the Fed, right? Okay, well. They're still buying a lot of bonds every month. They're still rates. Let's say they hike rates a couple times next year. So instead, we go from zero percent to zero percent, uh, you know, short term to about half a percent short term uh, lending. That's still historically low. The Fed, in our view, is still more of a tailwind than not. You know, they're, they're going 100 miles an hour. They're taking their foot off the pedal a little bit. That's still a lot of inertia going forward. So we can still say, hey, there can be more volatility as this economic cycle begins to age. But history also tells us this. When the Fed starts a new um, cycle of hiking, you guys know what stocks do a year later? They're up like 10% mm -hmm. on average, higher than your average return of about 9%. What I'm getting at is hiking is normal early in a cycle. It likely means the economy is strong. We're taking off the training wheels. Some of those things maybe are 
good things, honestly, let the economy grow on its own and not re not rely so much on you know fiscal and monetary policy, the Fed and the government. Let small businesses and consumers get us to where we're going to go. And we're, we're optimistic that you know some hikes next year, again, is just a sign that maybe we're more mid-cycle. And we got probably a couple more years of economic growth before we likely have a, um, a recession, which, again, is very far in the future, in our opinion. Ryan, a lot of the media and politicians are ringing the alarm bells over the Omicron variant, and and obviously that is there's a lot of political you know footballs being kicked around because of that. I just noticed on my my uh, phone here that the Food and Drug Administration has authorized the first oral antiviral treatment for COVID nineteen. So what what is your thought about this rise of this new variant? And obviously, I don't think we're going back to lockdowns and things of that nature. I, I frankly don't think that people will will tolerate that. But what about the economy? What are we thinking about in terms of how this could affect us going forward? Yeah, that's the new Pfizer drug, right? That's the new oral right. pill, the antiviral pill, which has a great, great, uh, it looks like, very effective against COVID and potentially the variants. But what did we see with Delta variant in the third quarter, right? We saw very low productivity. We saw, I think it was 2.3% GDP in the third quarter. Fourth quarter here, we're looking at maybe over 7% GDP, John. We're just not seeing the economy slow down. We're not minimizing the Omicron and the new variant, but you know, we all see the same data points, right? Mm -hmm. Number of cases are spiking, hospitalizations aren't. Let's just right. look across the, the ocean there at our friends in South America, um, or I'm sorry, um, um, South Africa, apologies, South Africa, where all the, the, the new variants started. Huge spikes, but you know what hospitalizations are doing? They're not going up anywhere near where they were. It's being widely determined that, it, that this is what happens with, with these. The new variants come, they're much more, you know, contagious, if you will, but the effects are not nearly as damaging. And I think we're realizing that. And, and again, we're not minimizing it, but again, it's well, the market's looking forward. So what's it mean for the economy? Hey, maybe it takes a little bit of a G. We, we think maybe four to four and a half percent GDP next year, 2022, makes sense after about a 6% GDP growth this year, 2021. Maybe the Omicron take off two tenths of that or so, potentially. We don't see the economy screeching to a halt. Like you just said, President, um, uh, our president, uh, President Biden, just just recently this week said, hey, we're a lot better off than we were in March 2020. We know that, that we know kind of how to fight this. We're not going to shut down schools. We're not going to shut down everything like we had to before. Um, so the economy likely just keeps on moving forward. And, and it was a very scary situation, not minimizing Omicron. But again, it's, it doesn't look like the big worry that we thought it might have been a couple weeks ago when we look at the data and how many people are truly getting sick from it. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Ryan. And, and it's good to hear, I, I think, for all of us, for sure. Uh, we have run out of time here. I, since you're at your in-laws, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas as you get ready to have a little bit of time off, I hope. And uh, we look forward to seeing you about once a month in 2022 on the Get Ready for the Future show. I can't wait, guys. Merry Christmas to all you guys and the listeners as well. We'll see you next year. That's Ryan Dietrich. The Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. It is the Christmas edition of the Get Ready for the Future show, talking about three things to consider if you're retiring in 2022. Hey, and if you'd like to find out if you're on track for a successful retirement, you can get a free checkup now by visiting 15minuteretirement.com. That's the number one, the number five, then spell out minuteretirement.com, or you can text the word checkup to 501 381 5228. Again, it's 501 381 5228. And as I've said many times on this show, you need to put that number in your contacts list because we have all kinds of resources available by sending uh, certain words via text to that. The word here is checkup to find out if you are on track and go through the 15 minute retirement in less time than it takes for you to check your social media. We know you're on Twitter and Facebook more than 15 minutes a day, right? This, That's right. This would be an easy way to just plug some information in and find out, am I going to have a successful retirement? And if you're planning to retire in 2022, we've got three things today, and really four, honestly, to consider uh, before you do. Inflation was our first segment. We talked about the effects of inflation. We talked about it, guys, with Ryan Dietrich. I thought it was interesting. Inflation running hot right now at high fives, close to 6%. LPL research saying they do think it's going to moderate in 2022 down to about three to three and a half, and then even a little bit lower mm -hmm. the following year. When we make our retirement income plans for our clients, we model in somewhere between a two and three percent mm -hmm. annual adjusted raise uh, in their retirement income. So the historic average is right around that, right? Yeah. Somewhere in the three percent range. So you have to have those inflation adjusted raises. So how about number two on our list? Are you prepared? 
for distribution. We talked about are your investments ready? And these, mm-hmm. these go hand in hand, right? Positioning the investments to distribute to you as income in retirement is really the retirement red zone. We talk about it all mm-hmm. the time, John, going from accumulation to distribution. And this is where things change dramatically. Yeah, we, we've been fond of making the analogy of it's like playing football when you are accumulating uh, your assets toward retirement and then the season changes and you got to play basketball. Mm-hmm. We certainly can't tackle someone on the basketball court. That doesn't work very well. You get thrown out of the game. You can so, do it five times. Well, you can do it five times, <laughs> that's I guess. It. Well, do you, can you do it that many if you have a uh, flagrant foul <laughs> no, like that's that? True. So if that's true. If you tackle somebody, you're probably on your way out yeah, right there. That's probably it. So, <laughs> But the point is, is that it's a different game. You're playing a different game as far as the game that you're playing is not really a game but the uh the strategy yeah the dynamics that you're playing with in terms of your money when you begin to withdraw money from a portfolio you have what is called sequence risk come into play Mm -hmm. now that's a technical term uh teresa that basically just means that your timing might be off if the market is going down Mm -hmm. and you're pulling money out of your portfolio that can be a disastrous thing because what you're doing really is you're exacerbating that decline when that happens yes to follow with that football analogy you started with if there's a tackle and you guys lose yards and then there's another tackle and you lose yards and you're never going to make it to the other end of the field and how you get your returns in retirement really does matter we've seen research articles that talk about two people retiring with the same amount of money at different market cycles and so you know this one there were great returns early on and this one there weren't and the one that didn't have great returns runs out of money while the other has almost double what they started with And it's really important to understand that the accumulation process is just about grinding it out. It's about staying below your means, putting money in. But when you're retiring, that dynamic shifts on its head. So having a strategy for that is critical for your success. To add to Teresa's analogy, Scott, it's like uh, your quarterback getting sacked and you also get flagged for holding on that deal because the guy was blowing through the line and the, right. the offensive lineman grabbed his jersey as he was coming by. Yeah. It further moves you back in the situation. And so sequence of return risk is dangerous. We haven't seen it in a little while because markets have been generally going up. Mm-hmm. And and that has not – it's kind of uh, out of sight, out of mind with some folks. But it is one of the big three risks of retirement. It's like football teams call it behind the sticks. You don't want to get behind the sticks because right. you can't get the first – down and sequence risk can keep you behind the sticks and you never get the first down and the not getting the first down in retirement is running out of money and that's not what you want to happen so to uh combat sequence risk i think it's important to point out that this does not just mean a diversified portfolio it Mm -hmm. does not just mean asset allocation because i think in the financial services industry too often it does for many uh financial advisors clients they put it in a 60 40 asset allocation of 60% in equities, 40% in fixed income. I think we've already pointed out in this show the danger of being in fixed income in a a rising interest rate environment. And then the withdrawal rate is arbitrarily set, let's say Mm -hmm. at 4%. So let's keep the math simple here. Let's say you go into retirement with $100,000 in a 60-40 portfolio. Well, where are you going to take that 4% is the first question I've Mm -hmm. got. Controlling what you sell and when you sell it is important. And most of the time, folks don't have a plan for that but if let's if if you say we're going to arbitrarily withdraw four percent out of a hundred thousand dollar portfolio on an annual basis well what's wrong with that the assumption is that portfolio is going to do better than four percent over time but it's not going to be linear even Mm -hmm. if it does right that's the problem so if you pull four four thousand dollars out and you lose 10% in a bad year, you've lost $14,000 out of that portfolio. You start year two with $86,000. Well, what are you going to do? It's hard to dig your way out of that hole. Yes. Are you going to take 4% of that portfolio? Because now you're going to take a pay cut. Right. And that's a problem because we're trying to build a plan for consistent income. Most people are going to take the $4,000, Teresa, and that's more than 4%. Most people can't afford in retirement to take a pay cut. I mean, even while I'm working, if I took a pay cut, I would have to get a second job most likely for my family to be able to function because we have a set amount of expenses. And in retirement, that's even more critical that your pay be consistent. So if the market dips, you're not likely to be able to go, oh, well, I guess I just won't eat this year. No, you're going to still have to do that. So it's important before you even get into this planning process to clarify What are your required expenses and what are your desired expenses? So there's the things that I have to have, whether I'm stuck at home because of COVID or I'm not. 
Our electricity has to stay on. We've got to eat good food. Those sorts of things have to be taken care of no matter what. And as we've talked about with inflation, they don't get cheaper just because the market's down. Yeah, think about uh, the effect of inflation in a negative market mm-hmm. and yeah. and pulling 4% out of a portfolio. Uh, you're treading water really quickly then. And so you've got to have a plan. You've got to have a strategy to overcome that. And that's why we utilize the income for life model inside the ready to retire process, helping people to, to create that strategy that helps them to not run out of money before they run out of life. And that's, that's the real outcome that we're looking for is that they would have regular, consistent, dependable, predictable income inflation adjusted for the rest of their life. So let's talk about the investment side of the income for life model. So you, you, we just talked about having kind of a circle that has all of your pool of investments and it's split 60% uh, stock, 40% fixed income. Well, if you think about breaking that circle apart and bringing it down into buckets, and oh, by the way, maybe adding a third asset class to the mix, right? Maybe there, maybe real estate gets put into that along right. with fixed income, and maybe being very strategic about what kinds of fixed income. That's mm-hmm. important, especially in the interest rate environment that we're in, and still having the equities, but being able to clearly identify once you've split that out into buckets, which bucket you're going to be drawing from. And guys, I think that's so vitally important what to what to sell and when to sell it is so big in battling sequence risk. Well, and and here's the key. Uh, Teresa and I have had the privilege of going through the retirement income certified professional uh, uh, courses that are necessary to get that designation. As a matter of fact, there's probably 50% of our team here at GenWealth. Each office has an RICP in it or a higher designation. So you've got a situation where at, in the uh training that we got as the that we went through that designation what they taught us was that the bucketing strategy as we call it mm-hmm. and a combination of flooring and bucketing which is what we do with your your uh, essential income it is the best most conservative way to create that regular predictable income that everyone is really looking for yeah the idea for anyone in retirement is to do the most good with the least risk of harm. That's really our goal as an advisor. And I have to say, when I took this program, I was a little nervous because GenWealth's way of doing things is the only way I knew. So I was nervous I'd get in there and be challenged that maybe what we do isn't right. But it was actually very gratifying to hear the quote unquote experts in our industry Mm -hmm. going, oh, you should be doing this and me being able to go, okay, cool. That's what we do. But it's because of that balance there of risk versus outcome which we've talked about it's not just about returns it's not just about how good you do or how bad you do in the market it's about are you meeting your goals and and scott may i point out that these are experts in our industry not somebody that has something to sell but these Mm -hmm. are academics these are are people who make their entire career and living on the academic study of retirement income planning Mm -hmm. and so it is clearly uh, a a in my opinion at least head and shoulders above any strategy that's out there particularly particularly the 4% rule. Yeah, I think we should camp out too a little bit on that risk that Teresa talked about because the income for life model and the ready to retire process, the retirement income plan you're going to get at GenWealth, it is built for a 2008. It is in in a good market environment like we've seen. Those rates of return that we're going to assume in those buckets are probably going to look a lot better, and then things will be even better in the plan. But we Mm -hmm. want to be conservative. We want to be as low risk as possible so that the outcome happens even in a poor market condition. And I think the key there is we don't plan for those extremely high returns so that when they happen, they're icing on the cake. We plan for what we consider to be a worst case scenario but we invest for the best case scenario. And when we get those higher rates of returns, as we likely will in equity markets and in good times, like we've been through in the last three or four years, harvesting is a big deal Mm -hmm. because when you harvest gains out of that portfolio and and when you think about a harvesting of a gain if our if our bogey if you will is an eight percent rate of return on the equity portfolio but the uh, portfolio gives you 18 percent now you have 10 percent of that portfolio that you can harvest scrape off and put into your least conservative bucket that you have our most conservative bucket that you have and you really stretch out the time frame before you ever have to think about taking equities out of that portfolio. Yeah, distribution is so different than accumulation, as Teresa mm-hmm. pointed out. And I, and I think that's where many clients realize when they get closer to retirement that they don't want to go it alone because they don't want to spend every day of their retirement looking at these account values and trying to figure out 
Where do I get my income from? How does it work? Most people, I think, want to get that check direct deposited to their bank account and go live their retirement. And even for those that enjoy it, I've had many times where there's one spouse that truly enjoys the investment process and they probably would have been okay on their own. They'd done it successfully. They were doing well, but their spouse was just Mm. all to tither over it. Mm. So for them to be able to come in and have a plan that both of them could understand and agree on was huge for them as a couple. Did if, you did you hear that word a tither a tither a tither? A tither. Well, I noticed I, 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 I said is. hissy fit with Ryan. I couldn't believe that came out of my mouth. Well, you yeah, know, sometimes I, you just get stuff in your brain, and you just it's been a long I time. I just make up words. Well, I, I hear Janet ripped one off the other day that was uh, quite <laughs> yes. quite interesting. Yes, I won't I won't quote that one. Yes, it, it was okay for radio. Yeah, it, it was, barely. Yeah, just barely. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we are talking today three things to consider if you're retiring in 2022. Back with our third thing in a moment. If you're planning to retire in 2022 or really even in the near future and you'd like to learn more about the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, that's what we've been talking about today with these things to consider if you're retiring next year. It's about building a written financial plan so that you can identify your retirement income. You can see inflation-adjusted raises on paper that you're going to get over time. You can call us to get started, toll-free 866 653 plan. That's 866-653-7526. You can also reach out with an email. Just send it to info at getreadyforthefuture.com and Anna Olive, she's our client introductory specialist. She'd be glad to get you a call and and match you with a Gen Wealth advisor near you. And we've got offices all over the place now. That's the reason we went to that toll-free number. We're we're now in multi-states, Louisiana, Middle Tennessee. It's not Central Tennessee. It's Middle Tennessee, Northwest Louisiana. That. Yeah, I, I didn't even realize that when I said it. And I thought about it. it's because the, it's a narrow state, right? Yes. It doesn't say much if you say Central. That's right. Mm-hmm. The whole thing's kind of Central, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Middle Tennessee. And then we have offices all over the state of Arkansas. We're, we're coming to you from our West Little Rock office. Teresa works in Conway. John works everywhere, but he's also in Bryant. Uh, we also have an office in El Dorado, Hot Springs uh, also. So there is a Gen Wealth advisor near you ready to help. And if you want to step into that Gen Wealth ready to retire process, just give us a call or an email. Three things to consider if you're retiring in 2022. Our first thing was inflation. You have to have inflation adjusted raises to your retirement income. This inflation environment that we're in now has certainly uh, proven that to be true and made you more aware more than likely of your need for that. Are you prepared for distribution was our second thing Going from accumulation to distribution with your investment assets is critical to change the investment strategy and to have a withdrawal plan. Our last one here in our last segment is, are you prepared to enjoy retirement? And I think we touched on that a little bit at the end of the last segment. Mm -hmm. Do you want to spend time worrying over your assets or how you're going to receive your income? Or do you have a plan of what you're going to do you have a purpose in your retirement, and do you have plans to enjoy it? There is a study here. We've used this before earlier this year. I'm going to try to say the name right. Natixis. It's always hard Natixis. for me That's to it. say that. I don't know why. But a company called Natixis compares countries based on the finances, material well-being, health, and quality of life they offer in retirement on the Natixis Global Retirement Index. Now, I don't know what all else is in there and how they actually figure this. And I always kind of challenge these kinds of studies because I, <laughs> I know how I feel being an American. And I don't mm-hmm. know that it really would it bothers me a little bit. It does bother me a lot, actually, that we would be on this uh, list at number 17. The U.S. at number 17 out of 44 countries on the Global Retirement Index so we were barely in the top 50. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of this is how one feels about retirement, yep. obviously. Yep. And I think that if you don't have, number one, a financial plan that gives you some uh, foundation that you know that your finances are going to be okay, then you're not going to have a very happy retirement. If you're leaving it up to chance, up to the market, up to uh, what buster says down at the water cooler at work Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be you're probably not going to have a very happy retirement if you don't know what you're going to do with yourself during retirement 
you're probably not going to have a very happy retirement. And it's probably going to be very short lived happiness because about day four, you're going to go, well, this sucks. I'm, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Uh, and, and I have told our clients many times, our male clients in particular, there are only so many golf balls that you can hit. There are only so many fish that you can go catch. It, it just, you know, you get into a rut sometimes with that type of thing. You've got human beings, Teresa, are made to have a purpose. Yes. And if you don't have that purpose, then all the money in the world is really not going to satisfy you in retirement. Yes. And we've seen that many times. We've had people who return to work just because they're bored. Yep. Um, you know, we are built for a purpose and, and all of us have a unique one. And, and just because you're retired doesn't mean that you can't continue that. There are a lot of things you can do in volunteering or what we call kind of your um, encore career where you just go do something you love because you don't need the income. Another thing that I think drives this statistic for the United States specifically is that the statistics tell us a lot of people retire not because they wanted to, but because they have to. It was over half last time I checked the statistics on that. People think, oh, well, I'm going to retire at X age, and then there's a family health crisis or their personal health, and so they're not in retirement because they want to be. Well, you think about uh, you know a circumstance where there's a family member that it requires you to retire so you can care for them and take them to the doctor and things of that nature. That person that's doing that caregiving has got to at some point in time think, you know, I didn't plan on it being this way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, they, they've got to have a little bit of a, of a melancholy regret about that because that's not how they envision their retirement. It's not how they envision their life. And it would show up in, in something like this. But I also think that that if you understand the dynamic of retirement, having the opportunity to retire to something and mm-hmm. be able to be engaged in retirement uh, during your retirement years, uh, that's the best way to, to live that life. Opportunity exists when you have the money, when money's not an issue. You can mm-hmm. go and do lots of things. The problem comes when you have lots of money, but you don't have any direction. And that's yeah. that's where we see a lot of people run into that. I, I had a client, Scott, uh, this is many, many years ago, but he had plenty of money to retire. And we retired him. He left his job. He didn't like his job. And so he left his job. And he was retired about six months. And one day the phone rang and they told me it was him on the phone. And I answered the phone. And I literally almost couldn't hear him because there was so much noise in the background. And I said, what are you doing? And he says, I'm driving a truck. I said, well, did you buy a new truck or what? No, I'm, I went to work uh, with a guy that I know, I've known all these years. And I'm driving a truck for him. I said, wait. Why are you doing that? You don't even need the money. You you got plenty of money to retire on. He goes, I had to get out of the house. That's just all there was to it. I was made to do something yeah. mm-hmm. and I had to get out. And so being prepared for retirement means yes, you have to be financially prepared for retirement, but you got to be mentally prepared for what's next. When I think of the dynamic shift that happens in clients that I've watched where work is finally optional. Yeah. You know, if you're staying there because you just want to, that's okay. You can certainly do that, but it would be really cool to just be there because I want to and not because I have to. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to financial independence versus retirement, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to go drive a truck, you're financially independent. You don't have to worry about how much they're going to pay you to drive that truck. You're just doing it to get out of the house. Yeah. You're not doing it to pay the bills. I think about the people we worked with who retired in 2021. So take some lessons from this. People who retired in 2021, if you are planning to retire in 2022, and I think to a person, to a couple, the ones that were ready to retire were the ones not only that were capable financially, but that were capable or ready mentally. They had a plan with what they were going to do with their time. And I can think of one in particular that was not going to retire yet, even though the plan gave them the green light. They were Mm -hmm. ready to do it. They had the income there because they hadn't yet figured that out. They hadn't yet figured out what they were going to do. Yeah. And and we have told this story before of a client that we worked with for years and years and he would go to, he'd come see us and he'd go see his cardiologist and and he'd go work another year because every, we told him everything was fine. Cardiologist told him everything was fine. Well, he came to see us on a Friday. We told him everything was fine. He's going to see his cardiologist on, on Monday and on Sunday he was dead. Wow. And, and all those dreams and hopes and everything that he kept putting off because he just thought he had to work one more year, mm-hmm. just work one more year. I've got to go one more year. All those things that he could have done during that time all went by the wayside because you didn't stop and really take account of where you were. And that's mm-hmm. that's really the mental side of that. But, Scott, let's go back to the um, to the financial side for just a second. If you don't have your finances in order, if you're leaving it up to chance – 
that's going to put additional strain Mm -hmm. on you from a a, a mental standpoint because not only do you not know what you're doing you don't really know if you'll be able to keep doing nothing for a while right you know and so it's a real conundrum for people and i think that oftentimes when you know people get their head down and they're just work 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 and then they look up and all of a sudden boom here we are at retirement that's why the planning process is important. It's why you want to have that confidence in your retirement plan that builds over time, that you see it in action and you understand what you're doing over time, as opposed to just running right up to the mm-hmm. deadline and retiring and going, man, I hope this works. I Man, I don't know anything that they're telling me about all this stuff, but I hope it works. Think about the the stress that that can inject into a retirement scenario, not counting the mental capabilities that you need to have to actually know what you're going to do in retirement. Yeah, maybe you have no clue whether you can actually retire, but I, I think it's fair to say nobody wants to settle for a mediocre retirement. Well, the choice between good enough and more than enough is yours, and I We'll stop right there because I heard the final thought bell and Teresa will let you take over. If you're sitting here and you're wondering what steps can I take now if I'm thinking about retiring next year, A, you can first connect with your purpose. Figure out what you're retiring to, not what you're retiring from. Do you know what you want to do after you clock out that final time? If not, figure it out. And it's not too late to reevaluate your plan. Get with an advisor or if you don't already have one and make sure that you've gone through all of these things we've talked about today so you're ready financially when you're ready emotionally. So let's recap what we've talked about today in terms of my final thoughts. Are you prepared for inflation? Inflation is here. We know it's here. It it was in the background for a long period of time. Now it's all in the foreground. We know you've got to deal with that. Ask yourself, does your plan have a structure in it that would give you regular inflation-adjusted predictable income for the rest of your life? If not, you need that plan. Also, are you prepared for the distribution phase of life? You've been building up money and, and it's it's been really pretty easy to tell you the truth uh, throughout time to build up money in the stock market. Are you ready for that shift from one season to the other as far as your investments are concerned? And then as we finally said, and Teresa echoed this, are you prepared for retirement? Mentally, are you prepared? Financially, are you prepared? If you are, great. If not, then you need a plan. And my final thought is to take advantage of the free retirement checkup available to you and you can get it access to it by texting the word checkup to 501-381-5228 that's the 15 minute retirement you can also go online to 15 minute retirement.com number one five and then spell out minute retirement.com to get that free assessment to see if you're on track for a successful retirement Well, we certainly hope all of our listeners have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Get ready for Gen Wealth Radio in January. That's all for now. Thanks for watching and listening. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, share the podcast with your friends and family. The Gen Wealth financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.